Good evening, everyone. This is a special Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Uh, you might have gathered with me introducing it that Di is not with me tonight. I am actually joined by Art Aftahari, who is a diehard supporter of Team Melee, which um, I'm going to actually ask him to explain that name to you. And he hosts a YouTube channel called Team Melee Talk. So obviously we're having an Iranian focus on this special podcast. Evening, Art. Good evening. <clears throat> Good evening to you. Uh, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, obviously, our podcast comes from a Welsh focus, but we're taking some um, some special podcasts over the run into the World Cup and just, and having special discussions with um, sort of knowledgeable representatives of our of our three opponents. Um, and so you host a YouTube channel called Team Melly Talk. Perhaps you could start off by explaining the name to, to um, our Welsh listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Team Melly uh, just translates to national team in Farsi. So just like, you know, whenever you hear about, um, you know, fans talking about their national team, sometimes they might have a nickname for their national team. You know, you know, Mexican fans will say, you know, like El Tree, United States, American fans will say Stars and Stripes. Uh, with the uh, Iranians, yeah, it's common to say, hey, you know, are, are you going to watch, you know, Team Meli plays tomorrow? So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, so it's Farsi. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, perhaps we could start with you giving just a, a little bit of background about the sort of the current standing of the Iranian team, how qualification went. You've obviously got, I say, a new manager, a returning manager who's come on board fairly recently. So there's been it's actually been a very busy year for for, for Melly. So how how's how's the current state of play? Well, I'll get into that, but I mean, I definitely can answer that for you. Uh, but I also have to be very quick to tell you that with the Iranian Football Federation, there is never a dull moment. It's as if there always has to be some kind of drama. I've been following this team since 1997, so. I know it all and did know quite a bit. Um, in terms of, you know, how qualification went, it was definitely at times a roller coaster ride because in the preliminary round, Iran was at one time in dire straits when they were coached by Mark Wilmots. And thankfully, he did get sacked because um, Iran at one time had to win their, they, they lost to Bahrain and Iraq. They had to win their final four matches of the preliminary round just to guarantee getting to the final round of qualification. And they did that under. Uh, the next head coach, Dragan Skocic, um, who's Croatian, and he was coaching a team in Iran called Sanatenaft Abadan. They they were playing they, they play in the top flight of football in Iran. So he got Iran to the final round. Iran qualified to the World Cup with flying colors. He actually even clinched qualification with at least uh, with about three games to spare. I mean, they were everything was going well. But even while things were going well under Dragan Skocic. You had fans and the critics talking about a lack of tactics, um, you know, not putting on the not putting the best players on the pitch. And, you know, a 2-1 loss to Algeria in a friendly match in June. And it wasn't even Algeria's top team, you know, basically was the last straw. A lot of people were surprised. A lot of people feel Dragan Skocic was done wrong. But he lost the locker room. And that was enough for the Iranian Football Federation to make a change, you know. And this is where the drama comes in all, again: is that he was he was sacked, but then because of some technicality, he was reinstated. But then, when the Iranian Football Federation uh, presidential elections took place, uh, the person who was elected was his name Mehdi Taj. He had said all along he would bring back Carlos Queiroz if he was put in that position. 
That's exactly what happened. Dragon's coach got dismissed, was, was fired. Carlos K. Rose returned. And yes, us, uh, us Team Melly supporters are happy about that. At the, but at the same time, some of us feel like, you know, it was just the timing wasn't good. But, you know, when you lose the locker room, you, you're in a situation where a change has to be made. And there's no, you know, thinking, hey, maybe maybe this will work out. Well, let's wait and see. But a couple of good friendlies in September results you must have been pleased with, actually, with the after the change. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, defeating Uruguay 1-0, I was extremely happy about that. And even the 1-1 draw a few days later with Senegal, I didn't have really anything negative to say. I know Iran wasn't the better side, but they they fought back. They put in a good effort. And the goal that Senegal scored was actually a known goal. So it was one of those games where you're like, oh, we put one in for them. But actually, Senegal was the better team. It was a justified result. All right. And then perhaps if you could explain a little bit about the sort of typical Iranian formation style of play, what we can expect to see as you, as we go into the tournament. In general, the Iranians uh, like to play, the national team of Iran, they like to play a lot of, uh, four, they like to play a 4-3-3 formation. And at times I feel like it comes off more as a 4-2-3-1. So they alternate from that. You'll see a 4-3-3, you'll see a 4-2-3-1. So that is uh, those are the formations they they basically do play pretty often the most. Um, one of the first, but actually surprisingly, one of the first friendly matches under Dragon Skocic, he, he had Iran playing with uh, three center backs. So basically on defense they're playing a five four one. On offense they would switch, they would revert to a uh, they would change to a three four three. But overall, like I said earlier, definitely it's it's usually a four three three or a four three two one. You know, definitely having you know having those two two defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's that's something we're still um, somewhat struggling with. We've tended to play three centre backs, but because our strength is up front, really, you know, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the overlap with the two teams a little. It's 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 becoming a bit of a dilemma whether we play two real holding midfielders and it's caught us out on occasion. So if that's your style of play, it will be interesting to see how we respond how we respond to that. Um, interesting situation with the squad that came out yesterday, where it's the, the one the one squad that's 25 rather than 26, four goalkeepers, only 21 outfield players. Um, the oldest, average age, at least the oldest squad in, in the tournament. What's your feel about the, about the squad art? I saw some raised eyebrows then when we mentioned the 21 outfield players. <laughs> Well, I, of course, I had to raise my eyebrows a bit because it's standard to have three goalkeepers in on a roster for a major tournament. I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, I, my eyebrows raised a bit. It isn't something where I'm so concerned. I'm just a little more so just surprised about it. I'm not sitting here saying, hey, Carlos Quiroz, what on earth are you thinking? I don't know what's going on. It's nothing like that. It's just more like I'm surprised. But at the same time, you know, I've seen how Iran has played under the guidance of Carlos Quiroz. I mean, we came so close. They came so close to getting to the second round of the 2018 World Cup. So definitely trust what Carlos Quiroz, uh, trust what Carlos Quiroz wants. And we know the Iranian footballers are buying what he's selling. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting decision, though, isn't it, not to maximize the squad, even just set, t- taking a very young player for, for experience, for example. Uh, just seems an interesting interesting weighing of the of the opportunities 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, because you just figure if they say 26, bring 26. You know, why would you bring less? I mean, previous tournaments is 23-man roster. This time is 26. You know, take advantage of that. Bring an extra striker. I mean, I would say bring an extra striker, extra midfielder, extra defender, one of each. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you could even be more creative and say, I think we should have more uh, more strikers. In this situation, I believe they should have brought more strikers because you know, they have a very good striker named Shahab Zahedi. Um, he ironically has not appeared yet for Iran, but he's been called up. But he play, he was playing in the Ukrainian Premier League, also plays in the top flight of football in Hungary for Puskas Academia. And he's a strong, tall, physical striker. And I feel like that's the kind of player you really want uh, going up against um, England, Wales, and the United States. Because really, I mean, looking at the squad list, it looks like there's really only four forwards there. I mean, I, I think... I mean, we have the same situation, for example, where Brennan Johnson might be classed as a midfielder rather than a forward. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on as well. Um, but it does seem interesting, particularly, as you say, if it may end up being a 4-3-3 formation, it's quite where that overlap of, of roles is and and, uh, and and who's who's positioned in what aspect of the, of the play. Um, that probably leads us into a good, a good opportunity for you to talk to us about some of perhaps the starting 11 and who might be the 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 stars to look for I mean I think some of the players on the Iranian team will be familiar to to, to listeners because they'll have seen them playing in European games at the very least and a, an awful lot of your of your squad are scattered across various European leagues but perhaps if you can talk about the the, the team a little bit more oh uh, yeah absolutely I mean of course, up top, I mean, everyone knows knows about Mehdi Tarmi of FC Porto and, and also Sardar Azmoun of Bayer Leverkusen. Although he made more of a name for himself when he was playing in Russia, especially for Zenit St. Petersburg, his stint in Germany in the Bundesliga has not really gone that much according to plan. But as in the other players who are big for Iran, I mean, Ali Reza Jahanbash of Feyenoord, uh, he didn't have really the best stint in Brighton, that and that does get disappointing because um, England has not really been so kind to Iranian footballers over the years. Uh, but Saman Godus of Brentford, he's a very skilled player. He's very talented. He's got the size. He's got the pace. I mean, he's get he's very he's got the very good football IQ. And he was brought up. He's actually born and raised in Sweden. So you know, it's good to have one of those footballers who's brought up in the European style of football. And, you know, another good player, Ali Reza, excuse me, um, Ali Golizadeh, who's been playing for Charleroi in Belgium. He's a very good left-footed winger. His size could be an issue a bit going into this World Cup, and that's for sure. But I think he'll be very good coming off the bench. And as for the defensive midfielders, uh, the main defensive midfielder definitely is uh, Saeed Ezatolahi, who's been playing with uh, Vaila in Denmark. And in terms of the other possible defensive midfielder or central midfielder, that's going to be probably Ahmad Nur Ahmad Nurulahi, who's been playing in United Arab Emirates with Shahab Al Ahli, or Ali Karimi, who plays for Kayserispor in Turkey. Uh, so that to me is going to be kind of a mystery, is regarding who's going to be playing next to Saeed Ezatolahi in you know as a, you know Ezatolahi is a holding defensive midfielder, and you know how he plays is going to be very very. Um, critical. It's good, you know, his play is going to be very basically Iran's success. A lot is going to depend on his ball distribution skills and what he's able to do. He's a very talented midfielder. He's a player who's not really he hasn't had the best times playing in club football. I mean, even when he was in Russia, 
playing for Rostov, Anji Machachkala, um, or Amkar Perm. He was not playing that much. I mean, he's played more for the national team, which we like, but I mean, he needs to, it's better to we want to see him being successful at the club level as well, too. Um, as, as always is the case with the national team of Iran, you know, sometimes defense is a question mark. Uh, the position, lots of times, that's always a uh, concern is the left back position. Iran uh, is always lots of times, you know, wanting that to find that really good left back. And I think it should be Milad Mohamedi, but he's not always been the best form these past few years uh, for AEK Athens in Greece. So it might be Essan Hajsafi. He's a utility player. He can play as a defensive midfielder. He could play as a left back. He could play as a winger. Ironically, he's on the same team as Milad, Milad Mohamedi. They both play for AEK Athens. Um, but, you know, Sadek Muharami as a right back, he's very good with, Dino, with Dinamo Zagreb. He's been improving a lot. I like what I, I like what he brings to the team. This, I think there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be some competition at the center back position. I believe, um, you know, of course, one of them is Majid Hosseini. He also plays for Kayseri Sport in Turkey. So I think he's close to cementing that starting position. But, you know, we got to wait and see. That other starting center back could be uh, Hossein Kenani or Shoja Khalilzadeh. And, you know, as for the player, as, as for the man between the posts, there's a lot of Iranian football fans who are, you know, there's there's different camps of Iranian football fans. You have one camp that says it should be Amir Abedzadeh, who plays for Ponferradina in Spain, and he's the son of Ahmed Reza Abedzadeh. He was, Ahmed Reza Abedzadeh, his father was the captain and starting keeper for Iran at the 1998 World Cup. So there's that whole legacy thing. But from my point of view, the starting keeper has got to be Ali Reza Van. Yes, he plays for Paris Police in Iran. His stints in Europe did not work out very well, but he is, in my opinion, he is the guy. He should be the number one. Abedzadeh is too inconsistent, and he lets in some, you know, some goals that I would consider to be rubbish. I guess, you know, while I'm talking to you, I like to, you know, bring in the different vocabulary. <laughs> it's it's um it's striking to me actually in this discussion, Art, is the the similar um issues that the two teams have. We the, what you were saying about the holding midfielder. Um, our equivalent, of course, is Joe Allen, and he's our big injury worry at the minute. And the knock-on effect of that and the, and the strength and the stability and the ball distribution that he brings, it sounds like you have very much an equivalent player there who, who kind of orchestrates what you're, what you're doing while your stars, in inverted commas, are further up the field. Um, and so I think the similarities between where the two teams are is actually quite interesting. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, when you talk about similarities, I would even say that in your goalkeeper position, you know, it's a question of is it going to be Wayne Hennessy um, of Nottingham Forest or Danny Ward of Leicester City? Yeah. I mean, you got two good keepers. Do you want to go with the one you want to go with youth and that enter and you want to go with that youth and that, that, that enthusiasm of the youth player? Or do you want to go with Hennessy, who's your experienced, uh, experienced guy in goal? Yeah, I think it's actually it's really interesting. Uh, we've talked actually talked about it a lot on our on our recent podcast because it's it's a nice dilemma. It's a nice problem for Paige to have between the two goalkeepers. And to be honest, I don't think either of them is a bad choice. So I, I don't think we're going to argue with ultimately how he how he which way he runs with that. But I do think it's an interesting problem. Um, it's one of the few. It's probably actually our most unsettled position at the minute. Um, 
so but but like you you were saying there's two camps um around your goalkeepers it's pretty similar for us but i don't think i don't think people see a problem with it per se it'll just be interesting to see how page navigates it um what about a rising star what about what about someone that might surprise even even you know the 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 those of you that know the iranian team well who's the sort of hidden gem there well, you know, it's hard for me to say the rising star because unfortunately the person who is the rising star is injured. Alayar Sayad Manesh of Hull City uh, picked up an injury and unfortunately has been ruled out for the World Cup. A huge blow to Team Meli, uh, the national team of Iran. A huge blow. He's a very he's the rising star. A very good player. Could play on the wing. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good forward. You know, he could even play as a striker. He's just a very talented player. He's uh, very strong and physical. Is exactly what Iran needs. You know, when I heard that he was not going to be in the World Cup, I, you know, definitely found myself getting a little bummed out. Not going to lie, but it's not something where I'm saying, you know, we're in trouble now. What are we going to do? You know, someone else has got to step up. But in yeah, as terms of the rising star, I mean, right now Iran's best player, obviously, is Mehdi Tarmi of FC Porto. He's been great. Mm -hmm. But I mean, looking at other players who've been up and coming, I mean. Uh, Sadek Muharami of Dinamo Zagreb. He's a very good right back. He brings a lot of great um, skill to the national team of Iran. He's good with his crosses. He has the speed and ball control as well, too. So he's a he's definitely one player I, I would put in that category. But like I said, when you're talking about the actual rising star, mm -hmm. of course, it's Sayan Manesh. But I mean, because this Iran's team that Carlos Queiroz is coaching right now is um, pretty uh, pretty well experienced. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you're into your, is it the third World Cup in a row now? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, third yeah. consecutive World Cup for yes. the first time ever, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that, that as you say, there's a lot of experience there. And then there's Asian Cups as well that, that you know, your, your squads have been involved with. So I, I wondered how you see Wales being able to challenge Iran art what what can what questions can we ask of team Melly? well i must be first to say i think you're asking some you know highly um classified information you know, <laughs> going back to robert page I don't know, I'm, just I'm just kidding i'm just kidding well i'll be quick to tell you that iran's achilles hill lots of times is the is their midfield and that's why i mentioned earlier if saeed azatolahi is playing really well he'll be, you know, his success will be so important for Iran. So, um, you know, if it all depends on you know, who's going to win that battle of midfield, you know, who's going to win that battle in the middle third of the field. But I think um, where Iran could definitely be challenged a lot, where I, I think they're going to have some trouble in uh, slowing down players like Daniel James and Harry Wilson, and especially Aaron Ramsey. I mean, they're very good playmakers. And the obvious, of course, especially on set pieces, Gareth Bale, he's going to be ready. And, you know, especially if they're we're talking about corner kicks, other de other set-piece situations, you know, Gareth Bale is tough to defend in the air. But I think overall, in general, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to take anything away from Gareth Bale um, in terms of, you know, obviously his age. I mean, obviously I'm not very happy with him because I'm a Cardiff City fan. I don't know why he decided to join <laughs> LAFC. Really, really made a horrible mistake. You know, I love Cardiff. I don't know what he was thinking, but sorry about that. I just had to just point that, you know, overall, I think the speed of Daniel James and Harry Wilson, I think that's going to be more of a problem for Iran. And from my experience of watching Iran for so long, the physical play could be, a, could play a huge factor as well, too. And 
I think, you know, when you look at the Welsh roster, you know, you got players like Nico Williams, you know, who could be very dangerous as well on the attack. And, you know, the, the, the players on the well, the Welsh players who are very fast, I think they're going to be the ones to really challenge uh, Team Melly very much. And I think the way Carlos K. Rose is going to pl- have his game plan set out is that it's going to be to slow down the Welsh players as much as possible and, you know, clog up the midfield. Don't give, they're going to make, they're going to do everything they can to take away a lot of options uh, from the Welsh. I think if it's a fast game, a fast paced match, that's going to be surely playing into the favor of Wales. So you can, so you can imagine a situation where your, your kind of sort of press and slow us down and break up play and hopefully we're we're getting past you on the break. <laughs> I have to come back to the support of Cardiff City. There's got to be a story there, Art. What's what's that? What's behind that? Okay, well, I am always asked that question, and <laughs> I guess I brought it on myself, but it's okay. I I just remember back in like 2006, I um, just moved back um, to Southern California, and you know I got a channel that time called Setanta Sports. You know, I'm going back kind of far. And I was just watching, you know, I was just flipping around, watching that channel. I saw the championship was on and I wasn't 100% sure what the championship was. And I realized, oh, this is the promotion relegation. This is how the team, the teams in this league will get promoted to the Premier League. I said, oh, okay. And that first game I was watching, Cardiff City was playing on TV. So I right away thought it was kind of cool that, oh, there's a Welsh team that plays in the English football (laughs) system. Okay. I said, this is a little different. And in those days, you know, those days I always heard everyone talking about their favorite teams being Chelsea, Manchester United, mm-hmm. Liverpool, all these same, you know, English Premier League teams that are so famous. And I said, you know what, I'm going to pick a team that no one has heard of. I'm picking Cardiff City. <laughs> and from that moment, I always was paying attention to them. They're my favorite team. And, um, you know, they've given me some things to cheer about, but they've also broken my heart more than more often. Mm-hmm unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, interesting times there as well at the minute. Yeah. So Art, I was interested what would be a successful tournament for the Iranian team. Obviously, you've got a very good record in terms of making it to World Cups, but unfortunately then not progressing beyond the group stages. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in what, what would be viewed as successful for, for this particular squad. Well, it's very easy. Just getting to the second round will mean will will mean success just getting to the second round because that's the next step iran has to take i mean first you know 1978 they didn't do much you know got a 1-1 draw with scotland which of course i always find to be funny because you know scotland was able to beat netherlands in that tournament but couldn't beat iran but you know that's what scotland that's their that's the reputation scotland always had but you know 98 after such a long Absence 98, you know, everyone was happy just that they beat the United States. That was, you know, it was good to be back. But ever since then, you know, 2006, 2014, 2018, the goal has been get to the second round and came so close last time, you know, win, draw and a loss. So that's pretty much all I could say is just getting to the second round will mean will mean success. Yeah, I, I think we're in we're in a pretty tough group aren't we i think we're in a we're in a group where well it's it's if you if you average the rankings it's the hardest group the usa and yourselves and us were very similarly ranked um i i mean my fear is it's a group we we could win every game but we could lose every game as well you know and and 
And obviously the fact that we're playing each other second, what happens when you play England, what happens we when we play the US, that's going to become a factor in, in our head-to-head game. Obviously, who's who's a bit more desperate, who perhaps hasn't picked up anything in the in the first game. Um, what would what would you be looking for out of that England game? What would you hope for there? Um, I would just hope for, you know, even just a miracle scoreless draw, parking the bus the entire mm-hmm. match and coming away with a draw. If that were to happen, then I'm going to, I'm calling it right now. I'm going to promise myself to do it. If that match finishes in a draw, I will not sleep that night. I will be partying all night. So <laughs> that's what I could say about that. I mean, but yes, I mean, realistically, got to park the bus. I mean, I can't see Iran coming out and just guns blazing. That's just, that's just a ridiculous. But yeah, play lots, be very disciplined on defense. You never know what could happen, you know, maybe on a counterattack or on a long ball situation, might be able to catch England, uh, catch England, catch England asleep. Yeah. I mean, we're, we had a discussion um, with um, Chris Reed, who is part of the American Outlaws group who you know we had an equivalent discussion with him that that you and I are having and I think by the end of that the consensus was that our fear was it was going to be with the US we were going to have a pretty lifeless draw because neither team wanted to run the risk of losing that first game and my fear is that that's what might play out but that might also back up rather obviously backfire on us that um, it kind of opens up the group for other teams then if that if that game is a is a draw. So I, th- three games is is very difficult to navigate. I'm actually quite happy with the order of our games. I like the fact that we're playing England last. I'm hoping that both we and they may have enough that it doesn't come with all the kind of angst and and attention that perhaps uh, the, uh, the game, the game might do otherwise. I don't like playing England in these tournaments. I think it. I think it. Um, it takes an attention away from what the World Cup is really about when Wales play England in in tournaments. Um, but I. I can't. I can't pretend I'm not happy with the order of games. I think you have a more difficult order than we do. Yeah, absolutely. Because that first game against England, I guess, like I said, I should have added more to it. Like originally, when you asked me. I mean, if Iran were to lose 1-0, or let's just say even 2-1, I would even say that's a result that's okay. I Just obviously, the worst result would be a very bad loss, a very bad lopsided loss to England, because you don't want to start off with, with that match setting the tone. And a lot of Iran's success depends on, I want to say, you know, game script, but also, you know, how each of the, match, how each of the matches go. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Wales getting to play England last, Part, there's a at one time I was kind of already picturing in my head uh the Welsh would be loving it if it's a hey you know this last part this last group stage you know if you guys have already clinched and you know we tie we help we go together to the second round you know I mean I'm not about to say hey there's some kind of you know shenanigans that could take place I could just see that hey if a draw benefits everyone let's do it you know it, it just might take place you never know yeah. I mean to be honest I think there's enough um animosity between us and, us and England I don't think you need fear that particular scenario yeah. um, but I can but I, I don't think you're wrong I think it, it's happened all the time in World Cup groups hasn't it where where those last 
last round of games become a little pedestrian because people, some of the teams don't have to invest in it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think success would be for Wales? How far do you think we can go? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think the Welsh, to be honest, I remember watching the Welsh team, you know, during that Euro 2016 run. I remember that very clearly. Remember that very well. I think the Welsh fans have got are looking at this group and saying that they're very confident to get out of the group. They are, I believe they're thinking that they should defeat the United States, uh, that they should defeat Iran. Of course, I hope that doesn't happen. But I get I understand that the Welsh fans have good expect have high expectations. I think a majority of Welsh fans are are obviously happy to be back at the World Cup. You know, it's been such a long time. 1958 was so long ago that tournament in Sweden. But I, I think the Welsh fans are feeling like, you know, the second round is definitely doable. Um, you know, quarterfinals. Well, I mean, it depends on, you know, who would get to the second round. There's so many things to weigh. But I mean, whoever uh, gets second in this group, I think it's safe to say that it'll be too difficult to get past the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think Senegal or the Netherlands, you know, even even if Senegal end up topping that group or we top this group or what have you, I think I think there's... Either way, whoever is coming out of our group is going to have fairly serious opposition, aren't they? And I, th I think that might be the that might be the end of Group B's involvement <laughs> at that stage. Um, looking at the tournament more widely, uh, what it, what are you looking forward to in in terms of the World Cup? And also, who's your who's your tip to 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 lift the trophy? We're gonna we're gonna assume that. You know, Wales and Iran are playing in the final anyway. And, you know, but <laughs> who do you think is going to win it? You know, that's a really tough one for me because I don't like giving the textbook answer. Everyone, every World Cup, it seems like everyone thinks Brazil is the favorite and they're definitely not the favorite. I mean, it's like you have the football pundits and like the networks wanting Brazil to do well because it's because they're Brazil. There's yes. this huge name. They're so important. Naturally, I'd want to say Belgium has a chance, but some people believe that Belgium, you know, a lot of their best players might have gotten past their prime. Maybe 2018 was their best chance to win. It's tough for me to say. I want to say maybe Germany could suddenly awake, but I don't see Germany being that much of a contender as before. I, I think the I think it's going to come down to um, possibly, I mean, if England keeps on if England keeps on um, you know, building on its success, England has a chance. I, I say England, France, and, and Belgium are definitely the those are the three contenders I'm choosing. Okay, that's interesting because uh, I'm favoring the South Americans because I think I think it'd be interesting to well, obviously they tend to do better when the tournaments are outside Europe, but I'm in, I'm also interested to see how having the tournament at this point in the calendar at the end of a South American season if that actually proves to be beneficial for them or detrimental i think it would be interesting to see which way that swings my dark ho horses are uruguay although i've actually tipped the argentinians to to win but i think that might be my love affair with messi if i'm being perfectly honest <laughs> all good well, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'd love to see messi go out winning the world cup and yeah are you know that's true you know you make a good point the south american teams should not be overlooked I think some people are looking at Uruguay as a dark horse. I mean, of course, right now, Iranian, some people might be saying maybe not because they lost to Iran in a friendly, but I mean, that was a friendly match. So, you know, they get that game out of their system. That's better for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is there anything um, else in terms of um, 
Iran's sort of place in the World Cup and you know what you're looking forward to over the next week or week or so as you as you ramp up to the World Cup. Um, what's what are your plans? Well, my plans, I have a lot of plans, and that's uh, Saturday getting on an airplane to Doha. So that's the first part of my plans. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to really think about that right now, to be honest. I mean, it hasn't really hit me because the World Cup is always in the summer, November. It doesn't feel like the World Cup is here. I know it's here, but it just it just doesn't feel like it just yet. But, you know, in terms of, you know, what I – what was spending for Iran, you know, my, like I said, with the plans, like I said, I'm going to all of the Iran matches. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that a huge contingent of Iranian fans will be there. I mean, there's a lot of Iranians who live in Qatar as well as also United, as well as United Arab Emirates. So I'm hoping that the Iranian fans create a good home field advantage. I think that could be a huge factor in Iran's success at this world cup. I mean, if they have the majority of fans in the stadiums, naturally that could be huge. And I'm hoping that, they can really create a hostile atmosphere uh, for for all three, England, <laughs> and the United States. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you hoping for that. I rather hope it doesn't quite materialize, but I can understand you hoping for that. Well, Art, I want to say thank you for joining us. Um, I should remind those of you that are listening that you can find Art on YouTube at Team Melly Talk. Um, go and find... Uh, find his YouTube channel and um, you're vlogging from Doha, are you? So I will be vlogging from Doha. Yes. I've been already started vlogging, Mm -hmm. you know, as in building up the anticipation to going to the world cup. So yeah, definitely. It's going to be a busy, it's going to be very busy for a while, but it's exciting. It is exciting. It's great. I mean, I'm with you in that it, it, it hasn't felt quite like the world cup somehow, but this last, now that I think the, 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 league games have finished the squads are getting together you, you can start to feel the momentum can't you so i think i think it's going to be a great couple of weeks for everybody well thank you art i've really appreciated talking with you thank you for having me it was a pleasure as well and um you know best of luck to your team as well <laughs> in the world cup and, and but, but not when they're but not when they're playing iran yeah, well you know maybe we can finish one and two who knows <laughs> that would yep, be great that'd be great <laughs> all right thank you bye bye thank you